All right, get well. It is great to be with you as we continue in our series called Justified. But before we jump in today, I want to give a little heads up on what's coming over the next few weeks. We're going to wrap up our series next Sunday as we talk about uh, Rahab and how we can be redeemed from unbelief. It's going to be a baptism Sunday of several baptisms. It's going to be a big celebration. And then that next week, the first week of August, we're starting a brand new series called Don't Waste Your Work. Now, God has work for all of us. Maybe uh, it's at your job. Maybe it's at your school. Uh, maybe it's at your home or community. God has work for all of us. And many of us, if not all of us, you've been in that moment where you're like, I just don't see you in this, God. I'm just going through the motions. Uh, I'm just trying to get to the end of it. I'm just trying to get to the weekend or I'm just trying to get to retirement. And God, I need to see you in it. And so we're going to encourage each other through this series on how do we not only see God in it, but how do we see God's purpose in it? I don't want to, and I know you don't want to, waste the work that God has given us. So we're going to help each other see how to embrace that with each other. So hopefully you're going to get excited about that. Bring somebody with you. These next couple of weeks are a great opportunity to bring a friend, bring a neighbor, uh, bring a family member. So take advantage of that. Bring somebody with you. But today... In our series called Justified, as we explore how God moves us from that place where we say, you know what, I'm just my past, or I'm just a failure, I'm just what somebody said about me, or I'm just however you might fill in the blank, how we know because of the work of Jesus that I'm not just that, I'm justified and I'm made more, I'm going to be embracing what God has for me, and I'm redeemed from those broken places of life. And today we're looking at a guy named Jeremiah. Now, as we look at the life of Jeremiah, we discover something for most of us that it might be a little bit disturbing. Because for most of us, we've grown up in a world where it really doesn't cost us that much to follow Jesus, if we're honest. Right, like we're not really experiencing heavy persecution. Uh, we're surrounded by people for the most part who would support our views and our ideas. And we haven't had to deal with a lot of difficulty in following Jesus. But as I look at the life of Jeremiah, here's what we discover. Is that Jeremiah experienced a pain, not in walking away from God. Jeremiah experienced a pain in faithfulness to God. I and mean, Jeremiah came to a place where in life where he said, Lord, if I do what you're asking me to do, I'm going to experience some pain and some frustration, and I'm not really sure how to deal with it. Now, here's why I think this is so important for us to look at this today. As we look at the world around us, and you don't have to look very far, and you don't have to look very deep, following Jesus is not going to get easier for us. It's going to get harder. And there's just no way around that. And we need to be prepared. We need to make a decision today so that we can follow through tomorrow that when the trouble comes, I am all in with Jesus. Even if that means that it comes with some pain and some frustration and difficulty. And here's why we can do that. Number one is that we can commit to go all in with Jesus even if it means that there's pain on the other side because God is worth it. God is worthy. He is the creator of the universe. He is the savior. He did for us what we couldn't do. When Jesus died on the cross, he made a way where there was no way. He did for us what we could not do, that we could be reconnected with God and have a hope for eternity. 
with God who created us. And listen, I really, it doesn't matter what the world is saying. It doesn't matter what other churches around our country are saying. Jesus is the only way to be reconnected to God, to have a hope and a future and life eternal with God. And because of that, he is worthy of all that I have to give. Another reason we can go all in with Jesus, even if it causes pain, is because God gives a grace that is greater than the pain. He sustains, he strengthens, he encourages, he gives us hope, he gives us his love. And it's not just enough to get us through. What we'll discover is that the grace is of such magnitude that if we saw it, we would choose the pain just to experience the grace. And that's how amazing God's love and grace is in our lives. And then the third reason, and I don't want us to forget this, it's not selfish. This is the promise of God is that we have eternal rewards waiting for us for our faithfulness. And it's so tempting to live for this life and what we see around us. But what God offers is so much greater. If we really measured it side by side, I'm going to live for the 70 or 80 or 90 years I have on this earth, or I'm going to live for the eternity I have with God and the rewards waiting for me. We would logically choose the eternal rewards every time. But we get so distracted and we forget what God has waiting for us. And so let's just build on this foundation that even if there's pain and faithfulness, it's worth it. And not only that, but what we're going to discover in the life of Jeremiah is that God redeems the pain of faithfulness as well. So let's look at the life of Jeremiah. So Jeremiah had a lengthy ministry. He served through several kings of Judah. If you remember your Bible history, uh, Israel and Judah has divided. There's a northern kingdom of Israel, a southern kingdom of Judah. Israel, by this point in the history, has been defeated by Assyria. And then Assyria has been defeated by Babylon. And Jeremiah shows up on the scene in the 13th year of a guy named King Josiah who was one of the only good kings of the time period. And Jeremiah begins to warn the people of some bad things to come. Josiah dies. Uh, Jeremiah mourns at his funeral and continues his ministry as things begin to get really dark. And they get to begin to get really bad. The culture is degrading. Uh, They're calling lies truth and truth lies. They're walking away from the ways of God. They're serving false gods. The, The culture is just embracing all kinds of evil and destruction. You've got leaders who are are not leading the country well. Does any of this sound familiar? This is the time period that Jeremiah is living in. And, and you're just running through kings. Jehoahaz comes to, to uh, power after Josiah. He only serves for three months before the king of Egypt dethrones him. He's followed by a guy named Jehoiakim. And things are really getting bad. Babylon comes in and they dethrone Jehoiakim and they take him to Babylon. Uh, another guy comes in, Jehoiakim with an N, and he only serves for three months. And he's taken out or killed, we're not sure, by the leaders of Babylon. They put his uncle in place, a guy named Zedekiah, who serves for 11 years until finally what 
Jeremiah told them what happened. Babylon comes back and they siege the city of Jerusalem and they destroy it. They gouge out Zedekiah's eyes. They take him away. And there's a remnant left for a, a small period of time until those who weren't taken to Babylon are taken away to Egypt. All right, this was not a fun time to be alive. And even more than that, as all these things are happening, Jeremiah continued to warn the people of all the things that were coming. Look, this was not a fun ministry for Jeremiah. I mean, he is preaching some bad, depressing kind of stuff and nobody wants to hear it. See, specifically, he had three condemnations for the people of Judah. The first condemnation that he had, he said that you are not following Yahweh, the one true God, you're rejecting him. You've walked away. He's revealed himself to you. He's done miracles. He's brought you out of slavery. He's established you as a people. He's saved you from foreign invasion. He's done all kinds of amazing things and you've rejected him. And what did that look like? Well, one of the things that they did is they followed false gods. Jeremiah said, you're creating with your imagination, with your hands, these false gods, or you're following demons and calling them God. Like you, you have totally walked away from the truth to follow evil. And then he said, even those of you who still believe in Yahweh, you're, you're falling away from faithfulness as well. I mean, it wasn't enough just to believe the right beliefs. You've got to be faithful to it and surrender to it. And our world is full of people who would say they believe the Bible, but their life is not surrendered to it. And Jeremiah would call us out and say, this is not the way that God has for us to live. And so God gave him a series of prophetic messages, messages that were meant to move the people to action, to call them to repentance, and it was predicting things that were coming. So let's take a look at some of those messages of Jeremiah. The first he said is that Babylon's gonna defeat Judah. And the people are like, there's no way this is gonna happen. Like, we're God's people. Have you not been paying attention? Like we're not like Israel, that we've got the temple. We've got this building where God lives. There's nobody that can touch us. And so Jeremiah says, listen, not only is Judah going to be defeated, but the holy city of Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. And this is where they really flipped out. They're like, silence this guy, cancel this guy. Let's put him in prison. Let's shut this guy up. He, we, he has no idea what he's talking about. Let's get rid of him because there is no way that this could ever happen. And Jeremiah's like, listen, well, this is what God says. And not only that, look, you're going to spend 70 years in captivity. You're going to have to leave this land and live in a foreign land for 70 years. And then even after that, there's going to be a time of great trouble like you have never seen before. But we don't stop there. Jeremiah says, but God says this, there's going to be hope. And eventually the land is going to be restored. And a savior is going to show up on the scene, a Messiah, an anointed one, who's not only gonna restore the land, but he's gonna restore the people. But here's the problem, is that Jeremiah was preaching all of these things long before it happened. As a matter of fact, everything from here down, 70 years of captivity on down, didn't even happen in Jeremiah's lifetime. And so the people are like, we don't see it. We don't believe it. We're not going to listen to you. And we look at his life. Jeremiah was beaten. 
He was put in the stocks. He was sentenced to death. He was thrown in an empty cistern. He was ridiculed, mocked, rejected, alone. Like, how about that for some reward for your faithfulness, right? Like, God, I'm going to follow you, and this is what I get. And so Jeremiah gets to a place, and he just starts lashing out at God. He starts railing on God. Have you ever been in a place where you're like, God, hello, this is not fair. This is not what I signed up for. That's what Jeremiah's doing. God, listen, I, I don't understand what you're doing. I, I'm the faithful one, and here I am getting just beat up on and ridiculed and, and thrown out. What's the deal? And Jeremiah is just crying out to God. And there's a critical thing that Jeremiah forgot, just like you and I often do as well. See, God didn't, it wasn't a bait and switch. God didn't trick Jeremiah. He wasn't like, come follow me and you'll have fame and riches and pleasure and comfort. Now, look at what God said to Jeremiah in chapter seven, verse 27. God says, when you tell them all this, Jeremiah, read it with me, they will not Listen to you. When you call to them, what? They will not answer. See, God told Jeremiah from the beginning, this is going to be difficult. Right? Does this sound familiar to anybody, the words of Jesus? When he said, if you want to follow me, what? Take up your cross. If you want to find your life, what do we have to do? You're going to have to lay it down. And yet so many of us, we have selective memory. Like we just want to forget that part of it. Like as if after Jesus died and rose again, it doesn't apply anymore. Like I've just got heaven and that means this is going to be rainbows and unicorns and everything's going to be wonderful. And I'm going to have a great big house and 2.5 kids and a dog and a cat and, and all these wonderful things. And, and God is just going to make my life so happy. And we replace the eternal promises of God that are primary for what we believe should be immediate promises of God. And it's not that God doesn't show up. It's not that God doesn't give us his favor and his grace and good things. God cannot help but to be good because he is good. But listen, we live in a broken world. The problems that Jeremiah was dealing with were not things that God was inflicting on Jeremiah. They were results of a sinful, broken world. Sometimes our own sin, sometimes the sin of the world. And to go all in with following Jesus and, and to commit to him may mean that we experience pain for now so that we can have the promise of forever. But yet Jeremiah, he's got some real pain. It's not, doesn't diminish it. I mean, it is what it is. And so he cries out to God and he's yelling at God. And we pick up on a conversation he's having with God in chapter 20, starting in verse seven. He says, you deceived me, Lord. And I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say, I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name. His word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. We're gonna come back to this verse in a second, but here we find Jeremiah just railing, just yelling, just crying out, God, this isn't fair. And Jeremiah is missing two critical truths that sometimes you and I miss as well. 
And the first one is this, is that my pain and frustration do not disqualify me from God's work in my life. I, mean, I, I love, even though it's difficult, it's painful, it's uncomfortable, this interchange between God and Jeremiah. God is just yelling, Jeremiah's yelling at God, this isn't fair, how could you let this happen? This is so wrong, I'm the faithful one. And God is just listening, right? He, he doesn't rebuke Jeremiah, he's not like, what's wrong with you? Like, he's just like, okay, I understand, right? And this is the God who's gonna send his only son, Jesus, to suffer and die. All right, and he's saying, okay, Jeremiah, I receive it. And in the very next verse of chapter 21, after Jeremiah's just like, it's even better that I wasn't born. I just cursed the day of my death and God receives it. And then the very next verse, God says, okay, Jeremiah, are you done with that? Let's get back to work. And he gives him another message to bring to King Zedekiah. As if to say, Jeremiah, listen, I get it, but I'm not done. You're not over, it's not over. You're not disqualified. And listen, I know some of us here today, some of us watching online, you feel like Jeremiah because you've been faithful in a relationship. You've been faithful in your finances. You've been faithful in your workplace. You've been faithful at school. You've been faithful in your character and in your decisions. And because of your faithfulness, you're experiencing some pain and frustration. And you wanna throw up your hands and just walk away. And what God would have you know is that he is not done with you. There's a greater work to be done. And here's what this means. We talked about this last week. It means that sometimes, maybe a lot of times, what I need to do is I need to continue stepping forward in faithfulness, especially when I don't understand the whole picture. And here's why that's so critically important. It's because of the next truth that Jeremiah didn't understand is that my pain and frustration are based on an incomplete view. So here's what's happening with Jeremiah. Jeremiah was experiencing a present pain because God's intentions were for a future fruit. He was experiencing pain in the moment because he had expectations of an immediate result when what God wanted to bring was a future result. And God was never asking Jeremiah to be successful. He was only asking him to be faithful. So let's look at the timeline one more time. The message here. So Babylon's gonna defeat Judah. Babylon's gonna destroy Jerusalem. This was a message of Jeremiah for years and years and years through a series of kings before it ever came to be. Can you imagine? But then everything after that, the 70 years of captivity, the time of great trouble and the hope to come, these are things that Jeremiah never saw in his life. He was exiled to Egypt where he died. All of these things were yet to come. It wasn't that they weren't gonna happen. It just wasn't intended to happen for Jeremiah in his moment of life. So why would God ask him to do this? Because the future or the messages of Jeremiah were primarily for future generations, including you and me. So that when God fulfilled the message, the defeat of Judah, the destruction of Jerusalem, and the people are exiled, years later, 70 years later, in the time of Daniel, 
when the people were brought back under King Cyrus of Persia and they looked back and saw the message of Jeremiah, they realized this is all true. Which means what? Which means the rest of it's true too. That there's gonna be trouble. A, a great time of trouble and, and Bible scholars debate over what that looks like. But there's also gonna be a hope and a Messiah was coming so that future generations would understand, including you and me, to be able to understand it is all true. But Jeremiah could have never understood that. Here's what this comes down to for you and me. There are gonna be things that God asks of you, tells you to do, instructs you to do. And you're gonna wonder, is this the voice of God? And how do I real, rex, wrestle with this? And we talked about this before. Does it line up with God's word? Does it bless other people? Does it seem to come from beyond me? And I'm gonna take a step of faithfulness. And God's gonna ask you to do things that you don't understand. And listen, you might not ever see it with your eyes. It may be about your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren. It may be about people that you never meet in this life. It may be about situations that you're preparing somebody for for years to come. And it's really not about what you're experiencing in the moment, but what God wants to do for you because what God wants to do in your life is always bigger and greater than just you. And so we gotta reframe. And we gotta think, listen, what I'm looking for, it doesn't have to be success, it's just faithfulness. Because if God said it, then God will bring it. And I wonder for how many of us, we're gonna to get to heaven one day and maybe one of the rewards, I don't know, I'm just guessing, just dreaming, maybe one of the rewards is we'll get to see the tapestry of our life, of how God just rippled out fruit and, and just amazing work in ways that we never saw. This is what God's calling us to. And so we've got to be able to be willing to go all in on the calling and the mission. So how is Jeremiah able to do it? How is he able to be faithful? It's right there in verse nine. This is what Jeremiah said to God. If I say I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Here, here's the great burden of my heart as a pastor, as a follower of Jesus, for our congregation, for our community, for our world. I, I am weary and burdened by the belief and the reality, I think, that many in our part of the world call themselves Christians because they believe in a Bible or they go to church, but they do not have a burning in their heart for the gospel of Jesus. And you can't fake it. You can't pretend. You can't just manufacture it by trying harder. It is an act of surrender to say, Lord, I'm all in with you. And when you experience it, there's nothing like it. There's nothing more powerful in the world than the message and the voice and the word of God and the presence of God. And when you experience it, you, you can't confuse it for anything else. But have you experienced it? 
Have you said yes to church and yes to the Bible and yes to a doctrine, but you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus so you're not filled with the Spirit of God and you're not compelled for the gospel? Have you got it confused with just showing up and being a good person? That's not the, the reality that Jesus calls us to. He says, come and surrender and let me fill you with myself, with my presence and my power that you be so filled with something that you can't say no to. See, our world desperately needs followers of Jesus who are not doing a duty, but are so passionate and wrapped up with the power and the message of God that they can't hold back. And the pain doesn't even matter of what may come. Friends, listen, this is going to be something that we have to have to remain faithful because it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. And we should not be surprised. We need to have eyes wide open as we move forward. But as we say yes to Jesus, as we go all in, I don't want you to think that it's all up to you to figure it out and you just got to try really hard. Now, there's some gifts that God gives, and, and they were gifts that God gave to Jeremiah to give him strength and encouragement. And there's some things that you can ask for today. As you go all in with Jesus, there are things that you can ask God to, to offer to you, and he promises to say yes. Let me, let me offer them to you. Here's the first. Ask God for encouragement. Just ask him, Lord, this is hard. I'm, I'm not sure about everything. I'm discouraged. I'm frustrated. I need you to give me some encouragement. This is exactly what God offered to Jeremiah way back at the beginning. In Jeremiah chapter one, verse 17, God says this to Jeremiah. He says, get yourself ready, stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. Today I've made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests and the people of the land. I hear this, verse 19. They will fight against you. Pain is coming, right? They will fight against you, but will not overcome you for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. God tells him from the very beginning, I'm not leaving you, be encouraged. And literally he's saying, be filled with courage. God is willing and able and ready to offer this to us. It reminds me of a couple of years ago, I was in a season of just real, just discouragement. I was weary, I was tired. I was thinking like, God, I'm just not, I don't see the difference I'm making. Like, I'm just ready to like go work at Lowe's, right? I just... Like, I'm, I'm really struggling. And I just, I didn't know what else to pray. So I said, God, I need some encouragement. As I was getting ready for the next day that evening, I had an email and I opened it up and it was one of you. And you were saying, I just feel like I need to offer you some encouragement. That was a Tuesday night, so the next day was Wednesday, and it was during the fall. We had a Wednesday at Get Well, and we had the meal and the classes, and I was walking around talking to some folks before the classes started, and a gentleman came up, and he said, hey, I don't mean to, like, just be weird, you know, it's not trying to, like, it's not a bromance or anything, but, like, I just feel like God is telling me that you need to be encouraged, the next morning, that Thursday morning, I got a text message 
from somebody and said, hey, I just want to encourage you and share a story with you that you probably didn't know anything about, but you had a hand in. Three times. And I just like looked up and was like, okay, I get it. Let's get back to work. And maybe you need some encouragement today. And, and I believe if you will ask for this, God will be so faithful to encourage you. A second thing we can ask God for is ask God for community. Now we all know that we're not supposed to do this life alone. And so we need people and we surround ourselves with people. But there's one caveat here. And that's that we need the right people. If you're having to change your character or change who you are or compromise what God has called you to, to be in relationship with people, you need new people. God wants to bring some community <clears throat> into your world that will help you be faithful. I, I look at the life of Jeremiah and there were three specific people that God brought into the life of Jeremiah in chapter 26, just very briefly in a, a verse or two, we meet this guy named Ahikam. And Jeremiah 26, verse 24, and Jeremiah's in trouble and they want to put him to death. And Ahikam shows up and he stands up when it would not have been easy to stand up for him. And he says, not today, I'm standing with you. And he helps deliver Jeremiah. Later in chapter 36, we meet a guy named Baruch, who's not only standing up for Jeremiah, but he's walking with him and partnering with him in a part of the ministry. And he becomes a voice for Jeremiah and a scribe and he's delivering messages for him that there was somebody who was in it with him, not on the sidelines saying, you got it, but I'm in it with you. And then later in chapter 38, we, we meet a guy named Abed-Melech and Jeremiah's been thrown in a cistern, just left to die. And this guy shows up and he sees the, what's going on and he pulls him up out of it and he delivers him from danger. Three times, very, very specifically, and, and there had to be others where God brought the right people to help Jeremiah continue in the ministry. We need the right people to help us to be faithful to God. And then finally, we can ask God for insight. Jeremiah's really struggling here. Like, God, I don't get it. Like, you've given me this really hard message and nobody's listening to it. What am I supposed to do with this? And then in chapter 33, God says these words to Jeremiah. Chapter 33, verse 3. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And then he begins to give Jeremiah some insight into the ministry that he's been a part of. It's just true that there's gonna be days, maybe seasons of life where you don't get it. Like God, like you told me to do this. I feel certain you told me to do this. And all I've gotten for it is just frustration and pain and disappointment and difficulty. Like what in the world? And, and Lord, I wanna be faithful, but I just don't know what to do next. Well, in that moment, you can come to God and say, Lord, I need some insight. I need some wisdom. I need to know how to take my next step. God's not gonna withhold that from you. He, listen, He is not trying to keep you in the dark just because He likes that. But He has a plan and a purpose and he's gonna reveal it to you in his timing to meet his purpose. But also this, don't miss this. This is everything God does is just full of grace. 
God also delivers us wisdom at a pace where we can handle it. I don't know about you, but I know it's 100% true for me. If God came to me on day one and said, Jonathan, here are all the things I'm gonna ask you to do. And it's gonna turn out good. And I got some rewards for you and there's gonna be some fruit from it. But here's all the things I'm gonna ask you to do. I'd be like, peace, no thanks. Like, I'll come back to you on my deathbed and we'll work this contract out where I can get into heaven. But like, no, God brings us along in his mercy and his kindness and his gentleness pulling us one step at a time. And we can trust him in that. And so if you're in a place where you're like, I, I'm experiencing pain because I'm trying to be faithful. I don't know what to do next. Just ask him, just ask him. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you've got the Holy Spirit living in you. Scripture tells us that we can squelch the Holy Spirit. Don't do that, be open to it. Listen to it. If you've been following uh, the Bible and you've been following church, but you haven't been following Jesus and you may not have the Holy Spirit living in you. And before you do anything else, you need to fall on your knees and say, Lord, I need you to be my savior and my Lord. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's one of the promises Jesus promises. He says, you will be receiving a big old yes from God when we do what? When we ask for the Holy Spirit. And he'll give us encouragement and strength and the next step. Sometimes we'll be compelled to do things and we don't have any clue why we're doing it. Just, we just follow God, we just follow the Spirit. And the answers get worked out on the other side. Listen, if we move forward, I'm telling you, I, I'm not a prophet, but I'm just paying attention. And unless things change big time, it is not gonna get easier to follow Jesus. It's gonna get harder. And you and I cannot do it because we want to. We will need the power of God living in us by the Holy Spirit. But I also know this, my own life, as I've walked with so many of you, as I look throughout history, when the darkness is the deepest, the light shines the brightest. When things get hard throughout all of history, it's when God's about to do something really big. And when I just look at the, the body of Christ around the world in places like the Middle East, places like China. You look at the church in China as the communist regime bared down on the church. There was about 700,000 believers at that time. And then they took all the pastors and they threw them in prison or they, they murdered them or they pulled them out. And then they found all the Bibles and they round them up and they burned them. And they began to just suppress the church back in the, in the 1940s. There were about 700,000 believers at that time. When the Chinese government finally began to remove some of those restrictions, you know what they found? That the church had grown to millions of believers. When things get hard, it's when God's just getting started. And that's true of not just countries and, and parts of the world, but it's true of our lives too. But I've got to make a decision that when that comes, I'm all in. And you need to make that decision today. We don't wait till it comes up. We make the decision today and the Holy Spirit begins to prepare us. So I don't know where you are in life. 
Maybe you don't have that burning within you because you've never said a yes to Jesus. You said yes to church. You've said yes to a set of beliefs. You said yes to being a good person, but you've never really said yes to Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit's not living in you. So there's not a burning. You could have that today. You could experience the power of God in such a way that it changes the reality of everything moving forward. Or maybe for you, you, you had that moment but the, the world is just crowded in and, and it's, you've got distractions and you've got worries and, and things have just kind of made it just suppressed. You could come back and rededicate to him and say, Lord, I'm just, I need forgiveness. I repent. I'm changing direction. You are worthy. Your grace is greater. The rewards are worth it. I want to be all in with you. My family needs it. My workplace needs it. My church needs it. My community needs it. The world needs it. I wanna go all in with you because you have a work to do. And I know that, that you are about to do something amazing. Listen, it's not a far stretch to see the world through the eyes of Jeremiah. A culture degrading, falling apart, embracing lies, calling them truths. Leaders who are not leading but God is not surprised. God, God is not looking at our circumstance and be like, oh my goodness, I didn't know this was coming. What am I gonna do? No, it, it's all a setup for his work. But I wanna be a part of it and I know you wanna be a part of it too. So let's be ready to be all in. So if you'll stand, we're gonna sing one more song. I'm gonna pray for you and pray for me. And we have these prayer rails available if you wanna come and pray, if you wanna come and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life and be filled with the Spirit, have that burning within you. If you wanna rededicate your life or maybe, maybe where you're at today is you do have a burning and you're just not sure what to do with it and you need insight and wisdom and come and pray. God is faithful. He will, he will show you the next step. Do not leave this place settling for anything less than what Jeremiah experienced, a burning within him that he could not suppress. Don't leave without that. So let's pray together. Lord, thank you. Thank you for saving us from sin. Thank you for calling us to kingdom work as a part of the body of Christ, the church. Thank you for filling us as followers of Jesus who confess with our mouth and trust with our hearts that Jesus is Lord. Thank you for filling us with the Holy Spirit. God, thank you for sending us in mission. We pray for our broken world, the broken culture, the broken people that you care about, that you sent Jesus for. We pray for a burning within us to love them, to speak truth, to walk with them, to share the good news of Jesus everywhere and every moment we can. Forgive us, Lord, for apathy, confusion. Lord, help us to embrace the call, even if it means there's pain in it, because your grace is bigger and better and stronger and the rewards are certain and true. Give us that kind of faith, Lord, to be faithful. Put your hand upon Getwell Church, your favor upon us. Bring revival, awakening, a movement in our community for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.